So let's give a shout out to everybody that's watching with us this morning. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know Luke Carthamo, it's my privilege to introduce him. Uh, Luke is, um, he's just, he's grown up with Mountain View. Um, he's part of our church family. And he and Maggie are serving and they're connected and uh, involved at Legacy Church over in Greene County, two beautiful children. And so, like, we're just one of those church families that uh, Luke and Maggie are part of us, and they're serving over there, doing a great job leading Bible study, leading worship. So super excited about what Adam and the team are doing at Legacy. But it's my privilege to introduce him this morning because he's on the steward team for Victory 127, and he's got some amazing updates to share with us this morning. So Luke, take it away, man. Thank you, dude. All right, good morning. Uh, like you said, my name is Luke Crothamel, and I have uh, some really exciting news to share just with 127. Uh, First, if, if you haven't heard or if you don't know much about Victory 127, we are a ministry that started here at the chapel in 2013, and uh, our mission statement, you can see, do we, can we get the first slide? There we go, thank you, is providing food, shelter, education, and most importantly, hope to children and families in need. Uh, right now, our current focus is outside of Kampala, Uganda, in the slums, and our heart of the ministry is in child sponsorship. We currently have 147 kids that are being sponsored. It is, a, it is awesome. And it's been really cool to see the relationships formed between the sponsors here and, and the kids in Uganda. And on a personal level, I can say that it's been truly amazing and one that uh, my wife and I are super thankful for. That said, this morning, we have some really exciting news, and that is that as of this weekend, we have completed phase two of the Victory House. You can see on the screen, phase two is a second level. The first level is seven housing units for our teachers, and the second level is where we're going to board uh, our girls. Uh, so on, you can see on the floor plan here, to the left side is a big bunkhouse, there's also uh, rooms, additional housing units for our teachers, four additional housing units. There's a room in that upper left-hand corner for the dorm mother and a little common area as well. So in that big bunkhouse, we're gonna be able to house 44 girls, which is truly amazing. It was more than what I was expecting and really excited to hear. So uh, going forward, I, I just remember, uh, I just wanna take a quick second. In October of 2019, I uh, was able to travel to Uganda with the team, and I remember standing on top of the floor, or the ceiling of the first floor, which soon to be the floor of the second floor, but at the ceiling of the first floor on the Victory House, we could see the rebar sticking up. We knew that there was uh, a project to take place. We knew the need was great. We knew we needed a, a spot for these girls to stay and sleep, and, uh, but we just didn't really know how that was gonna happen and how the Lord was gonna provide, but we were praying, we were expecting, we were asking God to provide in big ways for us. Fast forward a couple months, we all know in March in 2020 uh, was really when uh, we started to be impacted by COVID-19 here in the States. And we didn't know what that was really gonna hold. I remember just as a steward team, we met, we were discussing, man, we don't really know what it's gonna look like financially this year. We don't know how we're gonna need to be flexible in certain areas or what other additional needs will be, need to be met, but we were just praying and asking God to provide. And we were amazed uh, just at his provision. So just specifically with this one project, with the, with the construction of Phase 2 of the Victory House, in the same month, in March 2020, we were given a $5,000 donation, and I'm super excited to tell you that as of this weekend, we've raised $38,000. 
just for this project. And yeah, it's amazing. And that's, that's all God. If you would have told us in March when we were having this meeting, the pandemic was just hitting, that we were going to raise $38,000 for this, I, I would have said you were crazy. So it's just amazing to see what the Lord's doing through you guys um, and through our partners just to get this built. So a couple, uh, or you saw on the previous slide, there's a big room, it was an empty room. We need to fill it with some bunk beds. So that brings me to this slide. It's, I'm calling it the bunk bed blessing. Yeah, so that's a made-up term. Uh, the director heard that for the first time this morning, but that's what, we're, that's what we're going with, the bunk bed blessing. We need that big room. We need to fill it with bunk beds. So this is the need. We have 22. We need 22 bunk beds and 44 mattresses for the girls' dormitory. That's what we're talking about, the phase two, the second story of the Victory House. We need an additional 10 bunk beds and 20 mattresses for boys. Uh, we're going to put those in the bottom floor with the teachers and just give them a place to sleep um, on the first floor. The first floor will be the teachers, already the teachers in the housing units. We're going to put some bunk beds for some boys to stay. All the girls will be on the, on the new floor. And that's what we're looking at. So cost, a bunk bed. These are really nice custom steel bunk beds. They're going to last a long time. We're really excited. But the, the price of the bunk bed, the frame, is $120. The mattresses are $55. For those that, that need some math this morning, it's 175 total. So that's going to give you the bunk bed frame, and it's going to give you both mattresses. So if you'd like to do that, uh, there's a couple different ways. One way is this basket. If you're here, I'm going to set this basket on the back table um, in the very corner. And if you'd like to, to donate uh, any, any portion, it doesn't have to be a whole bed. It can be three beds, whatever, whatever you feel called to. Uh, that basket will be in the back. If you're online, thanks for joining us. Uh, but there's uh, the URL on the slide, v127.org slash give. There'll be a drop down on that page. You can click the drop down, click construction fund, and then there's a message block below that. You can say the bunk bed blessing, or you can just say the bunk bed if you're not as cool and you don't want to put that in there. But that's, I, I won't hold it against you. That's fine. So that's, that's the two options for uh, the bunk beds. Just want to give you uh, an option to give and also just a really tangible way to help these kids. I slept in a bed last night. I think all of you slept in a bed last night. Two nights ago, I was camping with my family and I was still sleeping in a bed. So it's, it's really amazing to be able to give them uh, these beds, get them off the floors, uh, put them in a nice place with the bathroom, and it's just unbelievable what we've been able to do through the ministry and through you guys and, and how the Lord has provided. So that's a way that you can, you can help out. Uh, we're asking and, and we're also expecting the Lord to provide in big ways for this project, for the bunk bed blessing. That said, you might ask, what's next? And what's next for us is any time with the ministry, with the construction fund specifically, we ask, what is the greatest need at this time, at this specific time? And right now, some of you maybe had a guess, we just put the second floor on the Victory House. That's for our girls, but we also need a spot for our boys. So right on top of that floor, it's going to be the third floor of the Victory House. That's going to be phase three, and that is going to be housing for our boys. You can see the floor plan. Again, a big bunk house, a nice big bathroom, another teacher or housing unit for our teachers, and uh, another common area as well. So this is, this is what we have going on. This is just one aspect of the ministry. This is just the construction, and you guys have, have a lot of you have been involved uh, with a lot of our construction projects really excited. Just wanted to share specifically on the Victory House on phase two. We're just wrapping it up and getting ready to kick off uh, phase three. So again, if you feel called, 
Uh, you can put uh, your donation in the basket in the back. I'm going to take it back, or you can give online, and, and we'll go from there. So lastly, I just wanted to point out the website. Uh, I, I know I mentioned the URL to give, but there's also a lot of really good information. Maybe if you haven't even been on it in the last week, I encourage you to get back on it. A lot of good stuff and, and updated regularly, and you can spend a lot of time on it if you'd like. But go check out the website. Specifically, if you want more information on construction, v127.org slash construction. That'll give you a lot of pictures, a lot of our past construction projects, and you can kind of get up to speed on that. And then if you just want to reach out, uh, you, can, you can email my mom at jane at victory127.com. I'm sure you'll have a timely response, and she'll answer all the questions that you have. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your investment in the ministry, your continued investment, what you, how you will continue to let the Lord work through you, and we're just excited to uh, be along. So thanks again. Pastor Chris. Thank you. Man, we just, I feel like I'm having deja vu or something. It's like, it's like this is the second time I'm doing this or something. Uh, but feeling it. But super grateful for just how the Lord is working because uh, all the things that we're trying to learn together as a church family, just this, this whole gathering time is all just kind of bringing it all together. Um, because one of the things that uh, Tim really used to help me visualize this whole idea of kingdom citizenship is the idea of the mirror and the binoculars. And so uh, he's been challenging us to, to stop looking at ourselves and being so consumed uh, with ourselves and looking at ourselves in the mirror and to put that down and to pick up these binoculars to look around us, to look at the needs of others. And so Victory 127, what we just heard about, that's a tangible way to be able to just in yourself, like if you feel like you, you are being consumed with your own worries, concerned and all that stuff, man, that's a great way to be able to just, hey, let me, let me t pick up the binoculars and look at what's going on in Africa and I wanna help give to that. But then also hope for Appalachia. It's another amazing tangible way in our local community to be able to, uh, to pick up uh, the needs and burdens of other people. And then I wanna challenge us with one more. So can you bear with me one more time? You ready for one more, Devon? He's, he's not ready. That's okay. He is now. He's now. Okay. But one of the things uh, that I, I want us to begin thinking about is for us as Mountain View, you know, traditionally speaking, churches have gotten very um, consumed with themselves, just to, to put it lightly. So churches are, are all about what we can do. Uh, how, how good we look, how much we can build, uh, what great things that we can make happen, and it's all about the church, it's all about the church, and so it's almost as if churches have been holding up mirrors and really digging themselves for a long time. And so what Tim and I are, are praying for and we're trying to seek the Lord for is that we as Mountain View would learn how to put the mirror down for ourselves and for Mountain View's sake and to begin picking up the binoculars for what's going on in Madison County and Green and in surrounding counties to see how we can be able to actually function as Jesus' church here. And so I know this is uncomfortable because there's no actual definitions for this. I can't give you a handbook and say, this is what you do. If you do this from cover to cover, you'll have success. But the good news is that as we embrace the citizenship that we've been trying to learn and we learn how to, to walk in this a little bit more, God puts something on your heart. 
He's going to put something on every single one of our hearts as we learn to be able to take that step and be able to follow and live in the citizenship that God has given us. And what begins to happen is, you know, we, we begin to see a, a couple of people have uh, a sense to be able to do a ministry for, uh, you know, teens that have gotten caught up in, you know, the sex industry somehow. And we begin to see people have a heart for people with drugs. We begin to see people with heart for people that live on the same street as you. We begin to see people say, hey, I'm not sure what God is doing. So we're going to meet at Hoover Ridge Park and walk together, and we're going to pray for the county together. We're going to pray for the people that we know. We're going to just pray over this ground that God would do something great and mighty. It might look like you, God's tapping you on your shoulder to say, hey, there's something amazing. I have the gift to be able to cook really well, so I'm gonna open up my house and we're gonna share a meal, we're gonna talk about Jesus and we're gonna pray every single week. I don't know what it looks like for you, but, but what we're doing is we want to be able to be in a position where God can move through us in crazy ways. And it's not restricted to, to anything that Tim and I can do or, or coordinate or promote. This is about, hey, all of us living as the people of God together. And so that's, that's the challenge, because the, the thing is, and, and Tim and I aren't, we haven't read a press release, we haven't you know, gotten any information that you guys haven't gotten, but we're just praying because we don't want to get in a position where it becomes that we're not allowed to meet on Sunday morning anymore. We don't want to be in a position where Mountain View Church just dissolves because we can't meet on Sunday mornings. And like I said, we haven't read anything. I don't want you, to, I'm not trying to spread fear, but what we're trying to do is, is think you know, forward, think, because hey, there's 168 hours in the week. What are we doing as Mountain View Church for the other 166 that aren't on Sunday morning? And so how can we, what are we gonna do as a church? And so I'm not gonna give you the answer. I'm gonna ask you to spend time and ask God, beg God to place a burden on your heart, to give you wisdom and understanding to, 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 to figure out. And we'll be here to try to help you look what, figure out what it looks like. We, we would love to do that. But I want you to follow what God is placing on your heart because you are an ambassador. You are a kingdom representative and we're all in this together. So that's what I want us to think about, man. What, what, how does God want to use you in, and what Tim's gonna be sharing here in a little bit, this is just gonna continue to just uh, stir the pot for us all, that, hey, God wants to do something in and through you right now. And so let's be open to that. So even as Chris is talking, we're not saying, you know, we're, all we're trying to do is we want to be the kind of church family where we are being proactive. Yeah. We're not just being reactive. One of the things that we talk about and the reason that um, I want you to hear Chris's heart and where things are is so many times um, I feel like that the church of Jesus Christ is always on the defense. Yeah. And so what we're trying to do is we're transi transitioning because you got to play defense, but you got to play offense. Yeah. You know, if you're, there's so many analogies. If all you do is play defense, you're not going to win the game because you got to be on the offensive. You got to be moving forward. You got to be taking ground. So what we're trying to say is just like what Chris was asking Let's just say something weird happened and we couldn't meet for the next year and a half together like right now on a Sunday morning. What do we do? Well, the answer to that question is, let's start doing it now. Right. Let's not wait till then. 
And some of you, you're like, well, if you're doing that, then something good's going on. Just go, "Mm." (laughs) okay. And just let God do what he wants to do. Are we correct? That's right. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Pastor Chris, you're rocking it, man. That's awesome. I love it. So just real quick, what I want to mention to you is what we were, we've mentioned it before, but um, love this ID card. Some of you, we mentioned it last week. We're trying to get you to transition, baby steps, move on. But the goal is full-blown citizenship, your travel card, your passport, wide open. What does God want to do in and through you? Now, I'm going to read some stuff from John, um, John Wolvert. And I don't know if you know anything about him. He's a past president of Dallas Theological Seminary. And I, love, I'm, I got this book and I'm going through it. Great man. But I wanted to read you a little bit because we're going to be in Matthew in just a few minutes. And I just want to give you some overview really quick um, about what he says about just kingdom citizenship and the kingdom of heaven. And the concept of the universe as a divine kingdom over which God as king rules sovereignly is, fami- is a familiar theme. We good? Oh, man. Okay, that's cool. Light still shines. That's good. <laughs> no, you're good, man. I love that. So it's a familiar theme in scriptures. The psalmist, for instance, wrote, Jehovah has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. Psalm 103, verse 19. Within the universal kingdom of God, however, various subdivisions exist. Matthew 12, 26 refers to Satan's kingdom. Um, the sphere of rule which God has permitted Satan right now. He's called the prince and power of the air. The scriptures also recognize earthly kingdoms over which God has allowed evil men to rule, like Daniel 4, 17. It was this sphere of the kingdoms of this world which Satan, remember the temptation? If you go back where we're going to be reading in Matthew, go back a little bit earlier and look at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 8, you're going to see that it's the kingdoms of the world that he was trying to allure our Savior with. Within the universal kingdom of God, however, there are uh, other concepts referred to as kingdoms. Principal among these are the kingdom of God. That is found 72 times in the New Testament, that phrase. And the kingdom of heaven is found 32 times, but listen to this, all in the gospel of Matthew. And there's a bunch of different references where there's different phrases for kingdom, but the expression kingdom of heaven is confined to Matthew's gospel. So read with me in Matthew chapter four, if you want to turn there. Now, I usually read from the New King James and I've got my... I've got my um, my favorite one here, you know, my duct tape Bible. Um, love this thing. It's the New King James. But I'm going to be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Version this morning. And primarily because I, I've mentioned this before, but I got this. And I love it because if, if you, for some of you, if you've not done this in your Christian walk, it's really going to help you. When you begin to see that there's this overarching truth that Jesus throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and I picked this up because it just kind of makes it easier for Tim, so I can read through it. I, got, I, got, I was reading it this week and got all excited, so um, that's what I'm reading from this morning because this is what I highlighted in Matthew chapter 4. Let's begin reading in verse 23. Jesus was going all over Galilee. He was teaching their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria. And when you read this word, isn't it crazy? All this time, it's still the same 
region that we read about today in the news, Syria, same thing. So they brought to him all those who were afflicted, those suffering from various diseases and intense pains, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, epileptics, the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Verse 1 of chapter 5. When he saw the crowds, he went up onto the mountain, and after he had sat down, the disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, The poor in spirit are blessed or happy, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed or happy, for they will be comforted. The gentle are blessed for they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they are also blessed. The merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. The pure in heart are blessed, for they will see God. The peacemakers are blessed, for they will be called sons of God. Those who are persecuted for righteousness are happy, blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Now, what I want you to think about this morning, I want to just throw this out to you. Heavenly citizenship, it changes priorities. Now, I know for some of this, for some of us, in this path that we've been walking on, a lot of our religious exposure and a lot of our church backgrounds, you, you, there's a lot of denominational situations where you don't really get that sense. But I'm telling you, when you read the Word of God, heavenly citizenship changes priorities. Your priorities begin to align with God's priorities. This is a reality of being a citizen of heaven. Please hear me when I say this. Change takes place. Change takes place. This should be the natural progression of experiencing this redemption, this forgiveness. There is also this sanctification, and we believe here in baby steps, so that's progressive sanctification. It's like, you know, have you ever noticed that as you take those baby steps, usually, and some of you, we've had these conversations, you take baby steps and you're just kind of like, you know, oh man. And typically what I find is when I take steps like this, it's like, oh yeah. Look at what I've done. But you notice that when you're taking baby steps and it's progressive, you just kind of got this movement going on and you're like, man, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Am I getting to the edge of the camera? How am I doing? Oh no, he got me. <laughs> Love you, Tyler. So I'm just saying that then what happens is you go a period of months and all of a sudden you look back and you're like, oh my word, look at what God's done. You see what I'm saying? Because he gets the glory when we're in that process. But I just want to say this morning that change should be taking place. God is our king. God is our sovereign. God is our ruler. First and foremost, this heavenly citizenship, we've talked about it, it switches. Like, I've got earthly natural citizenship, praise God. But my heavenly citizenship becomes a priority. God is my sovereign. He's my supreme. And what does it mean? What our king says matters to us. Think about that. The words of the king, we hear, they matter to us. What our king feels matters to us. We were created in their image. He said, let us make man in our image. And guess what? 
He designed us with emotion and feeling because that's part of who God is. And so what our king feels matters to us. What our king desires matters to us. What our king plans for us, it matters to us. Realigned priorities are part of the revealing process of being a citizen of heaven. For me, my realigned priorities, and I'll give them to you. When I came out of college and the first assignment that we had in Pennsylvania, one of the reasons why we had to depart that ministry was because the overarching set of priorities that were being placed on or expected of me, the more I studied the Word of God, I realized that those were not biblical priorities. So I had a conflict within myself. So these are our priorities that Lori and I have worked through, through the years. What are your realigned priorities? My realigned priorities are this. God, which I put down us. God, that's what he said. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Next is family. Fathers, mothers, children, brothers, sisters. Family's next. Next is church. And then others that follow after that. This is my list. I don't know what your realigned priorities are, but what was being expected of me when I was young and out of college is that God's first, the church is second, and then I'm not even really sure where the family fit in. So at a certain point, one of the reasons why I resigned is because I felt like I had to to be true because I couldn't love my wife the way Christ has called me to love her like he loves the church if she's a lesser priority. You get what I'm saying? So this process through my life has been about my priorities being realigned. So let me say it like this. Places where your heavenly citizenship is in play or on display, what does that look like? People are naturally citizens of this earth, this planet, this realm. And so let me just say this. Part of the challenge that we have to continually work through, if you've got any kind of denominational background, we all have to guard ourselves because what religion does is religion takes some of the words and scriptures and makes us embrace this perfectionism. If your religion gives you a sense of superiority or you look down on other people, then I just want to encourage you that somehow the gospel has been torted and, and con confused and twisted in your mind and heart. Because what needs to happen as our priorities are realigned is we need to look and realize that every one of us, our lives are in play. Like our citizenship is in play or on display for people to see and understand. Not that we got our stuff together. Because we've made church in America for the last 25 years too much about image. Well, Pastor Tim, I'm just really surprised that you would get on your knees and pray and cry like that because I was having trouble hearing your prayer. I don't care. We're a family. There's a need right now. We love deeply. It's not about image. It's like, well, we're, we're, no. We've become too image-driven and what we've lost sight of the fact is that we're not here to be perfect and to believe flawless. Because if I think that I'm living a flawless life, I can say with my mouth, but I can promise you who gets the credit for that. No, 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 I'm really humble. God is good, isn't he? Wait a minute. 
No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm having too much fun now. I'm sorry. So what I'm trying to say is, you, I, our leadership in this church family, we're learning and growing every day. I'm trying to understand. Somebody said to me a couple weeks ago, Pastor Tim, I've never even thought about heavenly citizenship like that. You know what my wise pastoral leadership responded back? Me neither. <laughs> this is awesome, isn't it? Well, Pastor Tim, you should have known that. Well, I've told you I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, so what do you get? We're learning and growing together. And what I'm trying to say is we are on, our citizenship is supposed to be in play or on display where? Where we live. Where we live. My family knows me best. I disqualify myself from being one of your influencers when I'm not living out the heart and the reality of the gospel message to my wife and my children and my grandchildren first and foremost. That's what the scripture teaches and that's what we need to get back to. Where are we in play? Where's this heavenly citizenship in play or on display? Where we work. And let me just tell you something. People are going to point at you. They're going to mock you. They're going to do all kinds of things. They're trying to figure out, does your citizenship really mean something? Is it legit? Is it real? doesn't mean you say all the right things all the time. You don't blow your coworker's mind. You, your potty mouth jumps out. You run your mouth. You're angry. You want to rock their heads? Go to them the next day and say, hey, man, what I said yesterday, please forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. I'm learning and growing. You want to shut up a coffee break room? We have any tea over there? You get what I'm saying? Because that's showing that, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm in the process. I'm trying to understand my heavenly citizenship. Where is it in play? Where we shop? Now, ladies, I'm just going to tell you right now. Driving's a one story. But I've realized through the years, the grocery store is a dangerous place for a man. <laughs> man, you take a woman that's got kids in a short time frame, and they got a list, you get what I'm saying? Don't get in the way. Sometimes don't even try to talk. You get bumped. <clears throat> Whoa, sorry. Men, they're like, oh, excuse me, women? hit you, mow you over into the thing, and move on. I'm not saying all of you ladies in here, but I have watched some of you, might, but I'll go on. Okay. Where are we on, where are we in play or on display? Where are we play? The things that we're involved in. I, and I understand, church softball leagues, praise God, I think it's a great opportunity to get people in. I always got a kick, man. You got the church softball league playing over here? You got the bar league playing over here. Stand and watch. Yep, no difference in that. Nope, nope, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying, I, I know that it's an outreach. I don't mean it like that. But I'm saying that we're on display even when we play. Our citizenship is in play with the things that we do. How about where we volunteer? How about worship? What I want to mention is, what we're talking about this morning, when we're reading in Matthew and we're reading the Sermon on the Mount, 
We're talking about this upside-down kingdom that Pastor Chris has mentioned several weeks in a row, and we're going to be talking more about that. You say, Pastor Tim, all those verses you read, are you going to go back and you're going to explain all those where Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount? No. That's going to be months. That's some deep stuff. That's some amazing challenge because... It's this upside-down kingdom stuff that's not natural, that doesn't fit my earthly citizenship. When I'm going through what Jesus' teaching was, I'm just going to be, this is what you get with me. This is, I'm reading that going, ah, maybe one out of eight. Oh, yeah, I can, it's not easy stuff. Because Jesus is trying to get to the heart and the dependence and what's really going on. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 48, let me read this. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Yeah, now we got some teaching I can brace. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But I tell you, uh, here it comes. You reading with me? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And you forget only your brothers? What are you doing out of the ordinary? People in the bars. Sharing drinks. Everybody's hanging out. Everybody's cool with each other. It's, on the, it's just normal, it's natural, it's human. So what makes us different? It's this upside down stuff. Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Father is perfect. Now don't be discouraged by the language here. I'm just reading the verse. We'll talk about it later. But it's not about what we interpret as flawless or image bound or we've got our stuff together. Let's fast forward to the end of Jesus' sermon, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 and 29. Do you notice we started out chapter 5, 6, 7. Ooh, that was not a 20-minute delivery. Some tough stuff he's laying down. When Jesus finished the sermon, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching like one who had authority and not like the scribes. I'm just going to be straight up with us this morning and myself. What we've lost, by and large in the church in America, is the authority of the Word of God, and this is what God says. And so many pulpits across America become weak, anemic. The reason so many churches are shut down right now is because it's just the easy thing to do. And we can, we can say all different kinds of things, but what we are just trying to, and we're not better than anybody else, we're just trying to stay true to the word and study the word because this is where the authority is from. This is what gives direction. This is what gives life. This is what gives hope. And that's why we have to be committed to one another and to the word of God because just like what they said with Jesus, they said, listen to what he's saying He's speaking with this power and with this authority, and it's different than the other religious leaders. That's what we're supposed to be in a dark, lost world. I want to ask you real quick, just look outside. 
I don't think it's raining. It's not raining real hard. What kind of morning has it been all morning? Dreary, rainy, overcast. Well, you know what? I want you to be encouraged. I want you to think about this kingdom stuff because for a lot of people over the last year, that's what their whole year has looked like, emotionally, mentally, some physically, and even spiritually. And yet when we look at this candle, the reason that we're doing reverse Advent this year and we're looking at these candles is that regardless of what's going on in our world, we have been called because we have a heavenly citizenship to shine and to shine in darkness regardless of what the circumstances and the situations are. This light is supposed to be in play or on display for people to see. Not my light, but what does the scripture say? Allow your light to so shine. Just let it shine. The people are going to see, you're going to be on display. You're going to be in play with this citizenship, but they're going to see this light. And guess who's going to get the glory? Why? Because we're perfect? Because we got our stuff together? Because we got this amazing image that we impress other people with? No, because they see the light of Jesus shining through our frailness, shining through our cracks, shining through our brokenness. And he's the one that gets the glory. As we begin to listen to the teachings of Jesus and learn of heavenly citizenship, we cannot help but change our priorities. Acts 17, verse 6. Pastor Chris mentioned it earlier, a couple weeks ago. We've talked about it. These men who turned the world upside down have come here too. They're trying to arrest them. They're trying to put them in their place. They're trying to shut them up. But you know what the process of that is? These men who came to this city, they had allowed Christ to turn their lives upside down. So this heavenly message, this kingdom message that they're taking to other people, it's making serious changes and it's so transformative that they literally, that's not what they walked in. They didn't walk in and go like, hey man, we're part of this group. We got our cards, we got our logos. We are upside down changers. Now, there wasn't some cool presentation. When they came in town, they were trying to beat them up, trying to put them in place, and it was the people that saw their life in play or on display in their citizenship, and they were using it as a condemnation. These whack jobs that have turned the world upside down, they're jacking up our community now. They're here. May it be said of us. Man, You're not the same person you used to be. You go, yeah, I know. You act different now. Yeah. It's not a game, man. It's real. But you used to. I was with you when we did this, 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 and this. And you're like, yeah. That was a past. I have been forgiven. Man, I'm learning and growing. You with me? Yeah, you are. I'm looking around, some of you are going like, yeah, you want to get up here and preach. Bring it on. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? So let me ask it like this. Are we allowing God's spirit to turn our own personal worlds upside down? As Pastor Chris asked us earlier, are we willing to partner with God? Partner with him to do amazing, great, and mighty things that would blow our minds because we want to be part of just proclaiming this heavenly citizenship. Are our priorities looking more like the priorities 
of our heavenly king and ruler. I'm not who I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. Yesterday. Yesterday. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking that you would accomplish in this family whatever you are trying to do, that we would say yes to you, that we would join you, that we would partner with you. I am so thankful for this heavenly citizenship that you have made available to us through Christ Jesus. Help us to get just no limit passport to travel and experience all that you want, God. I'm praying that over people that are listening and watching. All of us, we're asking that you would add to your church, that you would build, that you would, people would respond in faith. God, we're asking you to use us to proclaim this upside down kingdom. Here we are, Father. Turn us upside down today. Do what you want to do. Be glorified in us. Because of Jesus, we're asking these things. The world looks bleak like the weather. But the light of Jesus shines brightly in our heart. Let's let it shine through us. Let's let him shine through us. And let's shine so other people can find hope in a hopeless world.